Hey, this is Sri Vishwanath here, and welcome to episode number two, three, twenty-three of the Ask Sri Vishwanath Vedanta Show. And today's episode, we are going to talk about how to increase your shraddha, part four. <clears throat> so we're going to continue that um, series of increasing shraddha because many people ask for that. So if you've not watched the earlier episodes of part one and two and three of increasing shraddha, watch that. So one of the most powerful tips I have for you is stop meditating. If there's only one advice I would give, I would if there's anything I can tell to the world today, is stop meditation. And I, I perhaps I might be the only one person. Stop meditating. Start praying, worship. And there is a whole philosophy behind that. I'm going to share that with you. Why I'm saying that. So Vivekananda said, you know. Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, there are the five horses, and then he has the reins, which is the mind, and Arjuna is in the intellect, which is a charioter. So Krishna says, all these means, by hypnotism, you know, all this uh, thing where people are, uh, you know, meditating and witnessing, all this is happening in the intellect. They just, it's a fascination for thinking. Like if you hit the horse on the head, Vivekananda says, then the horse, the horse which is going everywhere, if you hit the horse on the head and say, then the horse will fall down. And you'll be, you know, you'll feel that, okay, you're in control. But after some time, when that blow, when the impact of the blow goes away from the horse, the horse will again rise and will go in all directions and will create utter chaos. So Vivekananda says all these methods which people have, all these mind powers, all this hypnotism, everything is like that because you lose completely forever for this life the ability to realize yourself because you're hitting the horse on the head, making, take, feeling that you're in control. But once the blow, the impact of the blow goes away and the horse comes back again, it will start. What it means is that most people have no idea what a mind is. They feel, oh, the mind is like, mind is called vast, V-A-S-T. It goes beyond all this prana and akasha and goes to mahat. It goes to false visualization. People have absolutely no clue. So they just do a few things. They feel, oh, it's, it's under control. That's, what, that's why Krishna, what Krishna teaches Arjuna is, you curse control the reins. You see, you have to learn how to Mind, control the mind, then the intellect, then behind that is the self, and that is what he teaches through prayer. Why prayer? Why worship? Because you're the secret in worship. All things that you're struggling with in life is called word and image, nama rupa. So whatever problem one is facing, this whole world, in fact, the entire is called nama rupa, word image. If you're having any trouble, it's because of a word and image. And so what prayer is is it counteracts that with word and image of God, word of God and image, visualization of God. It's the most powerful thing. It's like removing a thorn with another thorn. And then at some point you can throw it away if, if you're so much fancy to realize uh, the Nirgun Brahman and all that stuff. But word and image, you have to realize why prayer is so powerful. Word and image is why? Because you're stuck up in anything. It's called blocks. And it's caused you to false visualization. And prayer uses word and image 
That's why the mantra is for word and image. And you counteract that. Now most people, now they chant various mantras. You should chant prayers of Ishwara. Not all these parts for mine. Like why does someone need, why is someone meeting? They want some power. Why do you want power? You're already powerful with the Atman. You have to know that something is blocking it. That you will know only when you start praying because you'll get the power to renounce. Meditation only makes you collect everything in the intellect. You are in no shape and form going beyond the intellect. It's, people get fascinated by this media. Oh, I made it for one hour, two hours. I made it for 20 years. So what? I mean, you're still in the intellect. It's like you are in the, uh, you know, that story of the person who thought he, you know, he, he was uh, right, um, rowing the boat, but it was just anchored to the shore. Nothing is happening. See, to go from waking to dream, the mind enters into a, a nerve current called <coughs> Hida, and that's how it goes into dream state. Then it goes into another nerve current called Puriyatak, and then it's going to deep sleep. So all that stuff is... Whatever you do, whatever you think, you're still in the intellect. So why do you want... So prayer, even if it takes a little bit more time, you are the reins are coming in your hands and you fall in love with God, worship <clears throat> and you learn renunciation. See the whole purpose, what is the greatest secret? Why, are we, why is anyone doing anything in spirituality? Is to learn the secret of renunciation. It's called Vairagya. We are not able to renounce or disappear things because we just don't get it. Again and again, a word and image is coming. Everything. Oh, I got those. So that's why Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, knowledge is superior to repeated efforts. Like we don't know anything, knowledge is superior. superior to knowledge is meditation. And then he says, superior to meditation is renunciation of the fruits of work. This renunciation brings peace immediately. <clears throat> that is that false visualization. You're able to disappear. And again, when he talks of meditation, he's not talking of the meditation of today. But still, beyond that thing is the ability to renounce the false visualization. Now, here's something very beautiful I want to share with you. Um, Shad Bhashankaracharya Puri. He says, <clears throat> you know, suppose there is a fire. Let's visualize there's a fire. You are, you are, you are able to see from a window. And there's a fire which is about uh, 500 feet from your place in the mountain. There's a smoke. There's a smoke in the mountain. Now, when you see the smoke in the mountain, immediately what you realize, what you infer is there must be a fire, right? Now, he asked this question, will that fire, will that smoke, which is 500 feet from your place, and from that you infer there is a fire, and even if there's a fire, will that fire help you feel warm if you're in your room? No. Same way he says, all the teachings that people learn, the books, the meditation, all, it's called inferred meditation. You are just inferring, oh, this is there here, so that is there here, this is there inside, that light is going there. It's called inferred. It's like you see a smoke 500 feet away, and because of that you infer there's a fire, but will that damn fire feel you, help you feel warm? You have to have fire near you. 
then it will, if you have a fireplace near you, it will feel warm. So all these teachings, all these things which people are learning, all this meditation, these books, this without knowing it, it's called inferred. That means it's like when problems come, nothing. It's not going to help you because it's like 500, 5,000 feet away. Oh, you know, there's a smoke and so there could be a fire. Yeah, but let the problem come my way and it gives a slap on your face because it's called inferred meditation. So in between prayer, meditation happens. So this inferred meditation is what all over. I did transcendental meditation for 20 years. You're doing inferred meditation. That's what people don't get it because they don't get the... So it's very, very important. The second example he gives is, so he says this is inferred Ishura. Second he says is emotional Ishura. You know, people get very emotional. Oh, you know, there's dancing, there's that and all that stuff. And he gives a beautiful example. He says, uh, Puri Shankaracharya, he gives a beautiful example. He says that uh, there was a person who was, um, you know, going around near a school. And in the school, he saw children were playing with a stick. Now, that stick was golden. Now, the students did not know that, the ch small children. So he took that stick from them and gave them some chocolates. And he took that stick and was very happy. Oh, you know, I'll get, um, I'll give that to the goldsmith and then I will uh, get this money. I'll buy jewelry for my wife and then balance. I'll take this, I'll do that. And all he was planning in his mind. He went to the goldsmith. He gave him that uh, uh, thing, stick, and says, you know, give me cash. And uh, the, 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 the way you test gold is put it on, so there are various tests for gold. You know, there are a couple of tests and the last test is you put it on fire. So it passed the first two tests and he was very happy. Oh, and the last test was to put it on fire. So they, in the end, he put that stick on fire and pff, it all <laughs> went away. There was no gold at all. And he was, he completely fainted that. So, Shankaracharya says, this first thing of inferred Ishwara, inferred meditation, you read, read, it's all you're inferring, but not going to help you. And the second is emotional. It's not there at all. All these, oh, you know, that God, this God, this, all these things, emotionally, the feelings are coming. But it's like when it, the test comes real, there is no power. <laughs> Goes away. That is why the third thing we say is Ishwara. Because when you visualize and when you, as you visualize and as you chant, every time you visualize and you visualize confidently, just for four seconds, see most people do it for four hours. For, you, do your, you can do your prayer as much as you want because, but every four seconds, you're getting an opportunity to realize yourself. You visualize and you visualize confidently. And what you're doing there is you're controlling the ropes. You're making the word and image disappear because you're taking the help of God. Because Krishna says, I am the Atman resident in the inner self all being. So this is a very time-tested approach and you'll, you will do it the right way. There'll be no insanity. And as you move, you will realize, well, there's something beyond it. And that's when you come to Vedanta. You'll realize everything is false visualization. And there's a whole study there. But prayer will land you there. It will bring sanity to your life. So that's how you increase your Shraddha. And you can go to www.magicofgod.com, M-A-G-I-C-O-F-G-O-D.com. 
to save uh, three, four decades, to increase your shraddha, increase your worship, and do everything that's good. Thank you, and God bless.